world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. You know, I don't like to call us a church. I don't like to call us a church. I don't. I don't want. I, I got some playing in my background in my ear. I don't know what that is, John. Why I'm hearing a feedback in my own show. Oh, when now I know why. Hang on. I think maybe I opened something up here. What the heck's going on? You guys hear that? Could it be? Oh, could be because I had that open. <laughs> I, I apologize. Apologize. Hey, listen, listen, John. If you can pull up, uh, pull up that picture. Says Steph. Uh, for those of you who are, who maybe don't, uh, like I said, I don't like to call this a church. I don't like that. I, don't, I just don't like that term because of what what church has become. Church, uh, we're the body of Christ, folks. We're the body. I, I could get into that. I'm not going to get into. It. We could get into it. The idea whether the body of Christ or body of Christ doesn't matter. We know this that uh, He's the head. We're the body, right? And uh, uh, we know that. Uh, the church does a lot of things, as I showed a couple couple weeks ago. Most of the money that comes into the church never leaves the church, never goes to goodwill. Not really. It stays in there and circulates and buys, pays salaries and that stuff. Well, here it, I'm speaking this mainly to the people who have just joined us maybe in the last couple, last month or so at Patriot Party News and are watching us. Uh, we have a church family here. We're not a church, but we, we certainly have a church family. And, uh, just trying to introduce this to all of you that, that you would know that in the past we've uh, we've helped a lot of people. And uh, that's what we try to do. By the way, that's what I think the church is supposed to do. Sometimes we've helped people that we find out later didn't deserve it. But, uh, but you know, falls in their court on that one. Our dear friend Stephanie, who's on the screen right now, is a, she's our former pagan. <laughs> so I don't know what to call you, Steph. Witch, pagan witch, whatever. And uh, she's walked out of paganism. She she came to Sky High one time a, a couple of years ago. That's our that's our ministry center up there. And she brought all of her witchcraft stuff. She burned them in the fire up there. And she's turned her heart towards the Lord, hard for the Lord. And it hadn't been her life hasn't been easy as a result of that. As we all know, you lose all your friends and all your support and everything. Well, Stephanie is uh, a grandmother. And she quit her job to stay home and take care of her grandbabies. She doesn't have a job. She's uh, doing everything she can to take care of her grandbabies. And she was so, um, what's the word, tied down. She didn't have a car. She didn't have a car. She had to borrow a car every place she wanted, every time she wanted to go. So she was in prison in that aspect of it. Well, through Jeff Klein, who, uh, you know, Jeff's in here every, every morning, uh, Jeff was able to get her a great deal on a new car. That's Stephanie standing in front of her new car. And Stephanie was able to come up with about half of the money for to pay Jeff for the new car. And we don't want Jeff to have to pay for the new car. So I'm asking some of you out there. Uh, we're, we're, Jeff sent it to me yesterday. It's on my phone. We are right now. Stephanie is still about. <clears throat> bear with me here a second, Jeff, if I can find it. I got so many messages. Jeff's uh, she's she's in the neighborhood of I want to tell you, I want to tell you right okay I don't want, I don't want to be dishonest with you here. She is uh, three thousand four hundred and sixty-two dollars short of paying off the car. Three thousand four hundred and sixty-two dollars, and I'd like to raise that for Stephanie. And the way that the way that uh, the way we do that, friends, is you go to Coach Dave Live Jonathan. If you can pull that up for me real quickly. CoachDaveLive.com. CoachDaveLive.com. There's a donate button. And on that, you, uh, where is it at the top there? Donate. Boom. And if we, if my math, my math is any good, 
If a hundred of you would give $35, we could pay for Stephanie's car. That shouldn't be that much to do, should it, folks? Shouldn't. This woman's come out of paganism. She's walked away from her job. She's staying home and being a grandma to her babies. And Jeff was able to get her a nice car. And I told Stephanie we would cover, we would cover the rest of it. So I just appeal that to you. If you would you would do that. Those of you watching uh from the Patriot Party Network who've never watched this before, uh, this, is, this is what we do. This is this is what we do here. And you say, well, coach, what are you gonna do if you get more money than that $3,500? Well, I'll cross that bridge when I get to it, but I'm not gonna spend it on hot dogs and trips to the fair. We help people often here. So I just ask anybody out there that could do that. I'd like to, even by the end of the show, seeing a hundred of you give $35. We can cover this for Stephanie. Yes, sir. She's a good egg, man. And I asked her, I mean, I tried to get her to come in here today, and I don't know if, I'm sure she's a little bit embarrassed by it, but uh, let's help Stephanie. Uh, Jeff, let Jeff Klein come in, because Jeff's the one who has the auto lot that got it for her. Go ahead, Jeff. Coach, I got to say this about Stephanie. She came down, I've known her now for the last couple of years, just talking to her over the phone. She helped Nicole in our area about a year and a half ago, demons and stuff. So she comes in and gets that car, and I get she comes early because she's coming to go to the square also. Both things get the car, go to the square. She was ready. I mean, I've never seen anybody so wound up as her. She's telling me stories, telling me stuff, and she was she cried. Somebody brought her down to get the car and dropped her off, and there she was in Mount Vernon. She cried. She hugged me. She talked to Ricky. She hugged Ricky. She just everybody loved her. Yeah, what kind of car is it? It's a Ford Explorer with third row seating, four wheel drive, AC blows cold, clean, new tires on it. Nice ride. She is so tickled. And she said, I got to get some gas in this now because I wanted to go drive it around for a little while before we went to the square. So she pulls into the gas station. I walk over and I put my credit card in the pump. She said, you don't have to do that. She looked. I said, no, I want to do this. Hmm. So I filled it up with gas. And I didn't put that on the total. And she looked at me again, stand at the gas pump. She just started crying again. She's hugging me again out there at the gas pumps. She left, went driving around 15, 20 minutes. All of a sudden, my phone dings. She takes a selfie of herself driving down the road, and she's crying again. She said, I just keep crying. Then she came to the square and spoke and just was excited. And she's coming back to the square again now that she's got a ride. But she told me she was like five or six months without a vehicle or more. And then, and then she felt like she's in prison, right? She's a good egg, like Paul Amen. said. She, yes, sir. Amen. 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 Pay forward. Roger. Well, I, Dave, I, I just was going to say, um, and I, Jeff didn't put me up to this, but good place to have your car worked on is Jeff's place. I've had my cars up there. I've bought cars. I've sold cars. I've had him work on my cars. He's worth a drive if you have a car problem. Pricing is fair. Work is quality. Let's continue to support people who help others within the queue. Uh, that would Amen. be my testimony. And um, so, thanks, Roger. So again, right there, folks. You just go to Coach Dave Live and click on just click on donate, or you can mail a check if you want to. But I committed to Stephanie that we would get her a car. I don't get her a car. We get her a car. She's family, right? So uh, God bless you. I want, to, I want to thank you for all that, Stephanie. We love you. And, uh, I, I want to, oh, I got to, tomorrow. You don't want to miss tomorrow. Let me get let me get my feet back under me here. Tomorrow, Spencer, who is this? Jonathan, I guess. Hey, Jonathan, pull up Isaac, the third thing down. You know, I talked to you guys yesterday about our buddy Isaac Yoder, who was just sentenced a day in jail, or a year in jail, a year in jail for going into the Capitol building dressed like Patrick Henry or whoever he's dressed like there. And it's a powerful story. Uh, golly. Anyway, he will join us tomorrow live. Isaac will be on with us tomorrow. And I would ask all of you maybe to inform as many people as you can so they'll hear the real story of what this government has done to this guy. I was on the phone with him last night. I'm, 
I remember, I, I remember when Isaac was about, I'm, I'm still my age, maybe, maybe 12, 13 years old, and he would come to Operation Save America events, standing up against abortion and all that stuff, just a young kid. And here he is. <laughs> wow. Three, as three, I could be wrong, three children, maybe four children. They're going to want to put him away in jail for a year. He's got a story to tell about what the judge, the crooked judge thinks going on. So he will join us tomorrow live and in color right here at Coach Dave Live. Cool. Let me see what else. I got. Let me do some homework here real quick, okay? Some real, real quickly. Don't forget, we're getting it all behind the scenes. Don't forget September 23rd, prepare to stand where we're going to have a, a metals expert. We're going to have a, a uh, inheritance expert. Yeah, what do they call that? Uh, not inheritance. Estate planning expert. And we're going to have a survival 401k expert, September 23rd. And the price is $30. That's $10 per expert. That's, that's what we came up with. We think it's worth more than that. But we're going to be doing this. So, look, you can't register yet because we don't have all the stuff done behind the scene. But prepare to stand. We're going to begin to do these. Uh, we'll see how the first one goes. But it's our plan to bring more and more in. How to detox. Would you like some information on, on how to detox? Would you like some information on some other medical issues? That's what, we, that's what we're planning on doing. So uh, mark that down on your calendar, September 23rd. That thing is coming up. Go to the calendar real quick, John, if you can. Because Bobby Lee's got something going on down in, in uh, Kentucky. We've got to get that up on there as well. Maybe it's not up there yet. Folks, this last weekend screwed me up. These holiday weekends, it screws me up. So we'll we'll get her all down. We'll get it get it back up. There. Okay, cool. Coach, can, I, can I touch on that? Can I touch on that Kentucky event? Yes. Yeah, October fourteenth. It's going to be a basic event just that Saturday. I'm going to get that posted uh, up this weekend. It's a one day uh, event. Get- just a one day event. Uh, that's for people down in the Kentucky area. Go ahead, Bob. One day event in Richmond. Uh, it's going to be the same restaurant that we ran a couple of years ago, and I'm going to try to bring in uh, just just one speaker, just for a short period of time. But it's just going to be a lot of great social interaction. It's going to be very simple. Amen. Amen. Just some fellowship, folks. We need we need that. So anybody that can make that, uh, no charge for that. We don't no charge. So we'd love love to have you there. Okay. Uh, I got to get this off of my chest because it's all over me and it will not go. It will not go away. And uh, again, I've told you many times, I'm not a theologian. I'm not. I haven't been to cemetery. I do have a PhD in educational administration. I don't know if you know that. I ain't no dummy. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck, right? So I'm, I, I'm, I'm fairly smart. I'm not just telling the truth, right? I can think. And I, I, Jesus Christ gave us an everlasting kingdom. His kingdom is everlasting. And I want to ask yourself this, friends. I hate to keep harping on this, but remember, repetition is the heart of education. Repetition is the heart of education. When I got our football team together, we ran the play in practice over and over and over and over and over. Because repetition makes it almost habitual. They call the play, you Boom, you know what to do. You know what to do when it looks like this. The guy's lined up here, you know what to do. When he's lined up here, you know what to do. Repetition is the heart of education. So I continue to bring it to your to your attention that, that the kingdom of God is already here. It is not someplace you're going. It's not someplace you're going. The kingdom of God is within Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, show us your kingdom, your kingdom, your kingdom. It's everywhere you look, the kingdom of God. It's an everlasting kingdom. What? Our Father in heaven, help me. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. The kingdom is within. And we're living in a culture and a society that's teaching us that we're going to a kingdom. That's our problem. We are a kingdom, and we think we're going to one. So I, I told Michelle, this is, uh, Johnny, bring up that song all by itself. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? It was, we learned this back years and years ago when I was going to World Harvest Church, which is where I got my salvation. 
And this song stuck in my mind forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And I just want to play that here this morning because that's my talk. I'm sorry I'm going to talk about it again today. I'm going to show you some more evidence today that the kingdom of God's already here, that the kingdom of God's within us. It's not someplace we're going. Go ahead, play this. Someplace we're going. In fact, Janine just sent me a one. Johnny, I just sent you this. Psalm 145, verse 13. Are you ready, friends? But hey, come on, I'm gonna set you free here. The Holy Spirit's gonna set you free. The kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endureth through all generations. Folks, if the kingdom's not here, how does it endure through all generations? Think, think, it's not going to. He goes to prepare a place for us. Right. Yes, he's preparing a place in the kingdom, right? All thy works shall pass thee, O Lord. Can you make it a little bigger, Johnny? All thy works shall praise the Lord, O Lord, and the saints shall bless thee. They shall speak of thy glory, of the glory of the thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known as the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. The kingdom of God is here and it's within. All right? All right? Whew. We don't get it, right? What's the kingdom of God? Because of that song, that will be playing through your head over and over and over and over and over. What's the kingdom of God? Anybody know what the kingdom of God is? Anybody know? It's, all, it's in us. Righteousness, joy, and peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Where is that, Myra? Where is that in the scriptures? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. And where's the kingdom? It's within. The kingdom is within you, he said, right? Kingdom Romans. within you. Righteousness, Romans. peace, and joy, the Holy Ghost. Kingdom of God's inside you. Not something you're going to. Romans 14, 17. Romans 14, 17. 17. Okay. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
For he that is in these things serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after these things which make for peace and there th things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroys not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. That gets into dietary stuff. Cool, huh? Righteousness. Got that, Betty? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. We're not going to the kingdom. The kingdom's within. Where does it say that? Where does it say, Myra, that the kingdom is within? The kingdom of God is within. Where does it say that? I, I might have it here. I might have it. Hmm. All right, hang on. She doesn't have to look for it. All right, go to number three. There, wait a minute. Then stand up, rise, raise of taxes in the, the glory of the kingdom. Within a few days shall be certain. No, no. Uh, neither shall they say, lo, here or there. For behold, yeah. the kingdom of God is yeah. within you. Come on, you get it? The king is within you. In fact, he gave us the keys to the kingdom. What? Where do the living waters come from? Out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Out of our Amen. bellies. Why? Because we're connected to the kingdom. We're kingdom people. We're kingdom people. We're not just Christians, Lutherans, and Methodists, and Baptists, and Presbyterians, and non-denominational. What are the keys of the kingdom? Go here. Okay. Sit back. We'll try to set some of you free today. If you want to get set free, it's up to you. If you don't, that's okay too. What are the keys? Can you ever hear that? One of the most dramatic moments in Jesus' life is recorded in Matthew 16, 13 through 20, when Jesus said to Peter, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. In other words, what do, what do keys do? Wait, hang on a second. Hang on. I'm looking right here. Mary Beth, what do keys do? They open things up. And? And lock them. And, and lock, lock them. things up. And Jesus said to Peter, hey, dude, here, I'm giving you keys. Here, you can have the keys. It says keys to what? I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Now, it's Tim Tuber. So, uh, so, uh, adequately told us one time it's not about binding and loosing devils that's, that's not i mean we say that but that's that's really not what it's about the keys of the kingdom are the ability to go in and out of the kingdom the righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost you're the keys to the kingdom you're able to go in and do that right it's a the whole idea of binding and loosing and uh so what another to bind and loose means whatever you give permission for whatever you give permission here there's permission in the, do you get it? So what are the keys of the kingdom? Scroll on down. Say, Coach, this is unbelievable. I never heard anything like this in my Presbyterian church. Never heard anything like this, Coach. When Jesus came to the, uh, okay, hang on. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say I am? Who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Others say Elijah. Some say Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Jesus said, hey, that's really cool, guys. That's really cool. But let me ask you something. Who do you say I am? Because it doesn't really matter what everybody else says. It doesn't really matter. Uh, is Christ real to you? It doesn't matter what, what Betty thinks. It doesn't matter what Jeff Klein thinks. It doesn't mean matter what Vinny. It doesn't matter what anybody else. Who, who do you say that I am? Hmm. And Pete says, well, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, blessed are you, Simon. For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. No, 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 no. But my Father in heaven. And I'm going to tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, they're standing at the, they're not, Peter's not the rock. They're standing at the, at the gates of hell. They're standing literally at the gates of hell. And Jesus says, and on this rock, the gates of hell, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell I'm not going to overcome it. Why? Because you have the keys. You have the keys to the kingdom, do you not? You have the keys to the kingdom. And he says the gates of hell will not overcome. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he orders his disciples, don't you tell anybody what I just told y'all. 
once you tell them about those keys, right? So what are the keys of the kingdom? Well, keys hmm, lock and unlock certain things, right? For the kingdom of God is not in, in word, but in power. Hmm. If we only understood the power and authority that, wait, what coach? Yeah, oh yeah, pull that up there for me. Where is it? Where is it? I got it, huh? Pull up number five for me. Pull up number five. We don't get it, see. Churches teach us we're going to go to heaven. Huh? Jesus, this is what they call the Sermon on the Mount. Some of you haven't heard this before. Some of you need to hear it again because you still don't get it. And seeing the multitudes, Jesus went up to the mountain. So look, the Sermon on the Mount was not given to the multitudes. The Sermon on the Mount, Jesus saw it. All the multitudes of people who wanted to work with him. And when he saw it, he went up into the mountain. (laughs) He got away from all those people. And when he went up there and sat down, what happened? His disciples came to him. So this idea that Jesus is standing on the top of this mountain without any magnification, speaking to all these people, Jesus saw the hordes of the people. Because Jesus always works through people. And he called his 12 disciples, and they came and sat down with him. And then he taught them. It says he opened his mouth and he taught them. Taught who? The disciples. He taught the disciples because what? It was through the disciples that he was going to reach people. You're a disciple. It's through you he's going to reach people. You understand? And then they go through the Beatitudes, multitudes. I'm not going to go down through it. Hang on, hang on. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Huh? I thought we were leaving. Huh. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. I used this story before when I was fighting with my three brothers. My mom couldn't hardly take it anymore. When we were little kids, couldn't hardly take it anymore. What would my mom say? Wait till your dad gets home. Because my dad wasn't a peacemaker. My dad was a peacekeeper. When he walked in that door and he pointed his finger at me, he said, boy, I ain't telling you no more. I knew he meant it, right? Because dad was a peacemaker. Why? He had authority. When somebody's getting in a family feud with problems going on, who do you call? You call the police. Why? Are they peacekeepers? No, they're peacemakers. They put handcuffs on guys. They throw them in the cab and they take them downtown and they lock them up because they're not peacekeepers. They're peacemakers. And by the way, children of God are going to be called that. Because why? We're in the kingdom. We're ambassadors in the kingdom. He says, you better be blessed for you're going to be persecuted for righteous sake. Why? Because yours is the kingdom. There it is again. Blessed are you, and men shall revile you, persecute you, say all manner of evil against you, falsely for my sake. Rejoice, be seen, glad, great your reward in heaven. Huh? There's a reward for you in heaven for what you're doing here because they persecuted prophets which are before you. You're the salt of the earth. Salt loses savor, sins for the good for nothing. Sins, uh, but cast out a giant, you're alive of the world. Sit down in the you the men put candle, huh? Hmm? Oh, no, 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 no. It says this. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good work and glorify your Father, which is where? Well, he's in heaven, but he's got a kingdom here. And I don't think I came to destroy the law of the prophets. I didn't do that. I said, till heaven pass away, not one job till not, none of that pass away. Whoever's there for shall break one of these commandments, shall teach men, so he's at least the kingdom of heaven. Because whoever shall do, teach them the same job we called great in the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Wow. Kingdom of heaven. Do you see it? Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. I pray your eyes are opening to the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven. And then what did Jesus say? I don't know if he could keep on scrolling. No, we're beyond it right now. He said, go ye into all the world. Go ye into all the world. And teach them to observe all I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Go and teach them. Well, it's against the law. You're not allowed to teach that in school, coach. You aren't. He's told us we're supposed to. Go into all the world. Teach them to observe all I've commanded. Hang on, I'm not done yet. I'm not done. Pull up uh, number three. Huh? 
And number three, hey, I just get up in the morning and I just let the Holy Spirit just take me places, okay? <clears throat> hey, I need some reinforcement. Somebody out there say, I never heard any of this, Coach. I've been in church my whole life. I never heard any of this. I never heard any of this, Coach. Been in church my whole life. My whole life. Yep. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sorry, Chad. Chad says, quit asking for reinforcement. Huh? The kingdom, boom, is, uh, the kingdom of God is mentioned throughout the Old and New Testaments of the Bible. And the, in fact, the phrase kingdom of God is used 70 times alone in the New Testament. 30 times in the Gospel of Matthew. As a Christian, it's essential to understand the meaning behind this phrase, which is often confusing for many Christians and non-Christians. If you ask somebody, uh, if someone asks you what the kingdom of God meant, would you know how to answer? I would. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Look at the original Greek and Hebrew meaning of the phrase, different phrases used throughout the Bible, what it means to seek first the kingdom of God and how to lay, live and pray with the kingdom of God in mind. The original, boy, this is good stuff. From the coming, from the coming of Jesus Christ to begin the kingdom, didn't he teach us to pray that, that it would come? Through the whole story of the redemptive history of the church, we see a very clear picture of the gospel according to the kingdom of God. It's mentioned in scriptures in several different ways throughout the Old New Testaments. Matthew, Mark, Luke all refer to the kingdom of God. Matthew 13 refers to the kingdom of Christ and God. Ephesians, kingdom of David. Mark refers to the kingdom. Matthew refers to the kingdom of heaven. Even though the words differ between Christ, God, and heaven, all scriptures embody the same concept with different meanings. Here are the three things that the kingdom of God means. One, the rule of Christ on earth and in heaven. Two, the blessings and advantages that flow from living under Christ's rule. And three, the subjects of this kingdom. Who are the subjects? Well, it's the ecclesia. We've called it church, folks. Church is bad, 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 bad term. Huh? We are the foot soldiers. Just how important was the kingdom? Was understanding the kingdom of God? John the Baptist uses as he called for repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Oh, by the way, near could mean distance. It could also mean time, right? Where are you, Michelle? I'm near. Okay. He said, repent. Jesus Christ himself not only said the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe, but he also used it when teaching his disciples how to pray. Your kingdom come. In the Beatitudes, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. At the last supper, I will not drink again the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. Why does, God, why does Matthew use kingdom of heaven instead of kingdom of God? Throughout the gospel of Matthew, we see Matthew using the phrase kingdom of heaven. We're referring to the announcement of the rule of Jesus Christ and the good news of his reign. He does this out of sensitivity to the Jews who avoid mentioning the sacred name of God. The doctrine is the same. and There's no different view or meaning of the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of heaven. Matthew is simply using an indirect phrase that respects the reader. Matthew says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the ones who do the will of my Father. You're not going to the kingdom. The kingdoms come to you. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You see this, folks? It's everywhere. Matthew talks about the breakthrough of the kingdom. The arrival of Jesus is an incarnation. He announces the coming of the kingdom at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And at the end of the book of Matthew, he speaks about the final consummation of coming of that kingdom in the Olivet Discourse. So from the first page of Matthew to the last page, we see the unifying theme of the coming of the kingdom of God and the appearance of the king himself, who is the Messiah of Israel and the fulfillment of the kingdom given to Judah. Is that the end of it, John? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what are we, what are we being taught today? And we're getting out of here. We're going someplace.
and we'll go into the kingdom. You're already in one, dude. Nobody's just, nobody's told you that. Huh? Nobody's told you. It's like, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, does a fish know he's in the water? He's in the water, does the fish know it? Well, Tracy asked a good question. Father of art in heaven, how be thy name, the kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. Well, we're earth, aren't we? Remember, man, you're dust. The dust you shall return. So thy kingdom come in earth, inside of us. The kingdom of God is not, oh my goodness, it's just all over me today. The kingdom of God doesn't come, you can't see it. Where does it say that? Where does it say it? The kingdom of God is not, that was, that was in Romans, wasn't it? Was not in, didn't we just read that? It's not with, uh, it's not visual. It's not visual. It's not that. The kingdom of God comes with a demonstration of power. That's, the, that's how you recognize the kingdom. That's how, that's how it took a corrupt, carousing fool like me and changed me into a brand new person. Why? Because a new king came, a new kingdom came inside of me. <clears throat> Jesus answered, said, barely, barely saying to you, except you be born again, you can't see the kingdom. You can't see it. <clears throat> I get frustrated. I get frustrated trying to explain this. The kingdom of God comes with demonstration and power. Doesn't that say that somewhere? I'm sorry, I don't have all my Bible verses lined up today. Kingdom of comes demonstration and power. All power. Jesus said when he left, all power is given unto me. Both in heaven. Where is that? Somebody help me. Somebody dig that out. All power is given unto me, both in heaven and earth. All power is given unto me, both in heaven and earth. All power given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. Do what? Teach them to observe all I've commanded you. And my speech, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Hey, folks. You're already in the kingdom. You're not in heaven. That your face, you're not staying in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Jesus said, all power is given unto me. And I give it to you. Thank you, George. Matthew 28, 18. 28, 18. I got all the power. been given to me. And I give it to you. And you go with it, dude. Jesus came and said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. What's the next verse say? What's the next verse say? All power has been given unto me. Go you therefore. I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> and when they saw him, they worshipped him with some doubt. But some of y'all, some of y'all doubted. And Jesus said unto them, hey dudes, listen. All power is mine. Both in heaven and in earth. You see that, friends? The devil doesn't rule the earth. The devil does not rule the earth. I'm going to say this very slowly. The devil does not rule the earth. All power has been given unto me in heaven and earth. Go you, therefore, because that power is now inside you, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. And teach them to observe all, all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the world. Is anybody's eyes opening? Are, are, you, are you seeing this? This is an everlasting kingdom. And I believe death when we die. If you're born again into the spirit of God, it's just, whew, you just, you just transition from one kingdom to another. You just come out of this body and you're in... For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Oh, man. Now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you. But I'm going to come to you shortly, if the Lord will. And will know not the speech of them which are puffed up. No, no. But the power. They're going to feel the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but power. 
Boobs. I don't even know where to go. Amen. You understand how, you understand that you're a child of the king. You are a joint heir to the throne. You understand that if you are a child of the king, you are a prince or a princess. And you understand that the prince and the princess carry just as much power as the king because they're children of the king and they have the authority granted to them by the king. So if if a prince is walking out and he's got a bunch of uh, military guys around him and he says, hey, take me to the beach, they don't go to the king and say, is it okay if I take your son to the beach? No, because his son has what's called delegated authority. The prince has delegated authority from the father. And you're a prince and a princess. And we have delegated authority from the father. We, Joe Biden should listen to us. We, every one of us, are ambassadors of another kingdom. We are above Joe Biden. We are above Congress. We are above the Supreme Court of the United States. What's the problem? We do not exercise that authority. Amen. So we get frustrated. I get frustrated. I sit and I watch all these guys getting arrested. And I say, won't somebody do something? Well, who has the power and the authority? Who has the power and the authority? We do. All power has been given unto us. I say, well, no, no, it's not that because there's a separation between the church and state and the government. Well, yeah, what does Isaiah chapter 9 say, John? Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, I believe it is. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Isaiah 9, just go down about verse 6. For unto us, right there, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Who would that be? Who would that be? Huh? And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of what he is in control of, and the peace that comes with his control, there shall be no throne, there shall be no end. Why? Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with just judgment and justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The problem in America is not the devil or the government. The problem in America is that Christians do not understand kingdom principles. Amen. Okay, I'm gonna shut up. That was a boom, Coach. And it's all boom. It's all boom. Come on in, Myra. Yes, Coach. Thank you for leading us. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading us in all truth. And you talk about observation. And um, uh, definitely the devil has no control over us. First Corinthians 2, 4 to 6. That is First Corinthians 2, 4 to 6. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of no, man's right. wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Power. You mean, wait a minute. You mean actions speak louder than words? <laughs> yes, coach. <laughs> My speech and my preaching was not with just words, but in the demonstration. Wow. And what did he do? He gave us that power. He gave us that authority. We just don't believe it. Because our churches have told us it's going to be in the by and by. Not the here and now. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes, there's that prince word again, of this world, that come to nothing. Demonstration, power. Jack, come on in. Hey, this is better than you or amen. And, huh? It'll set you free if you get a hold of it. Boom, coach. What, what, what's the practical application of this truth? Dominion. 
dominion. That's what I think it is. Can you tell me, folks, one area of the world right now today that God is not in control of? And if you say government, then you're a damn fool. He just told you the increase of his government and the increase of his government. By the way, the increase of his government brings peace. And of the increase of his government, go back there, Johnny. Go back to Isaiah 9. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be an end in 1947 when they say there's a separation between the church and state, and then we won't follow the God anymore. See, here's what you don't get. He's in charge whether we acknowledge it or not. He hadn't lost any power because they ruled him unconstitutional. Bible says he sits in the heavens and laughs. That's Psalm 2. He sits in the heavens and laughs. And the problem isn't those knuckleheads serving the devil. The problem is us knuckleheads who claim to serve the Lord. And are told just sit back and relax and don't do anything because uh, we're going to get out of here soon. It's getting so bad we'll get out of here soon. Uh, Look, look. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon you. Hey, Johnny, got a bunch of slow learners in here. Go to Webster and look up government. Hmm. Government, because the government shall be upon his shoulders. Head, the body, body. Head, he's the head, we're the body. The government shall be upon his shoulders, we're the shoulders, that's where the body begins. So government is control, restraint. The exercise of authority, direction and restraint, exercised over the actions of men. The exercise of authority by a parent or a household the system of polity in a state in the form of fundamental rules and principles by which a nation or state is governed or by which individual members of the body politic are governed. Government is an empire, a kingdom, or a state. Any territory over which the right of sovereignty is extended. Where does God's sovereignty end? Does it end at the Supreme Court building? No. An empire, a kingdom. The right of governing or administering the laws. The person or councils who administers the laws of a kingdom. That's executive power. Oh, my goodness. Government shall be upon his shoulders. Randy. Coach, we just didn't realize it. You know, we were born into a church that was trying to get out of here, but God was trying to, he was trying to establish his government. He was trying to establish his kingdom. He's always been in it for the long, the long game. We just didn't understand that, Coach. No. Now, when we understand that, Coach, the the very word demonstration there in, in 1 Corinthians 4.20, it means to prove to show with evidence, to show the truth with evidence. Well, that's what God's government does. We, it, it's 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 coming forward. We we just didn't know it. But coach, the the, May, the Mayflower when they landed on the Mayflower and the, the 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 compact they had, it was a government document. It was a uh, a to 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 show how to rule. And and it, and it got somehow in 1830 when Darby brought in dispensationalism, it, we got away from that again, and Satan took it the other direction again. But it's in the long term, God is wanting to establish His government on the earth. It always has been. We just, Randy, just Randy, Randy, Randy. If look, folks, if we followed on the earth kingdom principles, if we followed the rules, regulations, and precepts of Christianity. You know what we would have? Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Righteousness, peace, and joy. You get it? That's why he said, listen. Boom. Go into all the world and teach him, will you? Will you go teach him? Because we're going to subdue this animalistic place. We're going to subdue it. Wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Go to Genesis. Why did he put Adam in the... No, he didn't, did he? Why did he put Adam in the garden? Does anybody know? To tend it. I believe it says to subdue it. Genesis 1, John. Genesis 1. Subdue it. Keep on going down there. Put Adam in there. Maybe it's, in, it's at the end of one, isn't it? You put Adam in here to subdue it? Uh, no, maybe it's two. Could be two. You guys know I'm telling you the truth, right? Huh? And the seventh day, it's done work. And planet fifth, hang on. And God formed man dust of the ground. Breathe in his nostril, breath of life. And, and God did, where does he say it? I'm sorry. I know I'm, telling, I know I'm telling you the truth. He put us here to subdue it. Hmm? To dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and keep it until we get in the latter days and then he's got to get prepared to not keep it and not take care of it because we're going to take him out of here. Is that what it says? Is kingdom everlasting or not? Dale. Well, hallelujah, Coach. Just a few real quick ones. You know, in the gospel, he talks to his disciples or looking over he says lord do you want us to call fire down from heaven call thunder right what kind of power and the holy spirit hadn't even yet come upon him right ephesians says do you not know we sit we sit with him in the heavenly realms right that is the place right now in first corinthians chapter six verse two starts with this do you not know that the lord's people will judge the world and if you were to do now who has power? Who has the final say in government, right? The judges, they can say this is constitutional, this is not constitutional. That's earthly. It says we will judge the world. And if you were to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? Do you not know that we will even judge angels? Dale, didn't he say something like that? We're not in the world, but we're of the world. Or we're not of the world. We're, yes, we're not in the world, right? We're not in it. We're, we we are we are invaders. We have, we've brought a new kingdom in, and we've invaded the world. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to subdue it, dress it, and keep it. And they told us in 1947 that it was a separate that God was no longer in control. God's dead. Remember that? Remember that in the 60s? God is dead. Remember that? Right? And so they killed God. I think they did. They killed God. And look at the mess. Look at the mess. Well, Coach, I didn't finish my point, though, right? You know that, right? First John chapter 3, for the Son of God was manifested for this reason, to destroy the works of darkness. And he said to us, these things I do, ye shall do even greater. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. Am I supposed to be hiding out? Hmm? Hiding from the devil? Rebuking the devil all the time? I've got damn authority. He's... Rebuke, get out of here, because we don't understand. I have a dog. My sister, my daughter has a dog. We don't have one. Uh, and dad gone. He doesn't listen very well. So she got him one of those shock collars. You guys know what I'm talking about? You hit that shock collar, and that dude is flat on the floor. He's learning authority. He's learning authority. God's gave us a shock collar. We don't know how to use it. Jack. No, there's that, Jack. Yeah, I'm here. That delays. Uh, just just think about this for a second, Coach. 1947, uh, Clay, or, uh, Randy hit it just right. It's the long game. 1947, go back 27 years. 27 years would be... Would be five or six, um, dogs, five or six, uh, college graduation courses, right? Five or six, uh, college graduations back to 1920. 1920, they put, when 20 year olds in 1920 going to the university, the, the, uh, Fabian socialists said that they had to destroy, they had to infiltrate the universities <laughs> and the cemeteries, right? And so we go, you fast forward from 1920 to 1947, the 20 year olds are now 47 and they're in positions of authority. And here we go, the explosion starts. Jude, pull up Jude, pull up Jude. 
What did John F. Kennedy warn us against? Anybody remember? Hmm? Infiltration, not invasion. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write to you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints, for there are certain men. What? Certain men who crept in unaware. Who, by the way, had this anointing on them. They're ungodly men. And they turned the grace of our God into lasciviousness. There you go, Johnny. Mr. Webster, you Mr. Webster for me. What's lasciviousness? They turned the grace of God into lascivious. Who are you to judge, coach? Who are you to judge? We're not to judge. Lasciviousness is looseness, irregular indulgence of animal desires, wantonness, lustfulness, tendency to excite lust and promote irregular indulgences. So let's go back. These evil men who crept in unaware, and what did they do? Why, they before old ordained to this ungodly men who turned the grace of God into doing, if it feels good, do it. And when they did that, they denied the only Lord God. Hmm. And I'm going to put you in remembrance of this, boys and girls. You once knew this. Yeah, you once knew this. How that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them and didn't believe it. Oh, yeah, he did. And the angels, that's a whole new story, man, who didn't keep their first estate. In other words, and the angels who got knocking around the neighborhood they didn't deserve to be in. They left their own neighborhood. Oh, yeah. He's reserved an everlasting change under darkness until the judgment of that great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, even as the United States of America gave ourselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, and likewise also these filthy dreamers. Don't you love the language of the Bible? Filthy dreamers defile the flesh. They despise authority, dominion, and they speak evil of those who do good. That's what dignities mean, huh? Yeah, Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. He didn't bring any railing accusation, but he said, hey, Satan, hey, hey, the Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of these things, which they don't even know. But what they know naturally is Bruce Beast and those things, they corrupt themselves. Wow. They corrupt themselves. Gotta take a deep breath, baby. This is some heavy duty stuff. Hey, Coach. Yeah, go ahead. Which let me add something, Pastor, what Dale said. You know, he said we are seated in the headphones. Preach, sets people free. That is the greatest gift we have. It's the greatest power we have. That is the greater works that Jesus couldn't even do it when he was on earth because the Holy Ghost had not been given yet. That's right. It's been given, it's been given to us to do that, and that flips the whole thing. On every place you go, proclaiming the kingdom, demonstrating the kingdom, you're setting people free. They're mm -hmm. translated. They're translated out of this darkness into the kingdom of light. Right now. Right now. I've been translated from this. Huh? I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. People think I'm crazy. You know what? Lord. You, can't <laughs> explain, huh? you can't explain it to him. Why? Because the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. He thinks it's craziness. Lord. I'm born again. I'm in a new Hallelujah. kingdom. I see things clearly that the unregenerated 
non-born again man cannot see, even if he wanted to. Why? The Bible says they're spiritually discerned. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Don't you want to be a part of the kingdom? Come on, everybody. See you tomorrow.